0: Welcome to Audio Mission for April 2015. I'm Trevor Smith. This month we focus on training and we'll discover more about what you can expect from the preparation offered by CMS if you serve through one of our People in Mission programmes and how African-inspired training is empowering minority Christians in Pakistan to reach out to their communities. But first, we meet Dr Marcus Throop, a CMS mission partner usually based in Brazil, but here in the UK for the next year or so. We'll hear how he's been training some African students in Brazil for mission back in Africa. But first, CMS's Naomi Rose Steinberg asked him about why one of his passions, discipleship
1: training, was such a need in Brazil. I think that uh, my former Bishop Robinson Cavalcanti uh, would have said and did say that there has been no revival in Brazil, even though many people talk about revival. The reason being that if you look at revival sort of historically, when there are revivals, so sort of the English revival, if we want to talk about Wesley and uh, his group, and if you want to look at sort of in America as well, the Jonathan Edwards, wherever you've got revival, you've got changing structures within society. So it's not only a case of church growth in terms of, of numbers and people converting, But the actual structures of society are being transformed and changed as a result of people coming to know Jesus and being changed by him. And what we've sort of lacked in Brazil, this was at least um, my former bishop's impression and I would go with him on this, is the real deep change of, of structure within society. It's quite alarming. So to put this in sort of practical terms, we turn around and say, well, how on earth are there 40 million Christians within um, sort of the non-Catholic churches and then a whole lot more basically the rest of the population who are Catholics. How are all these Christian people, uh, nominally Christian, who say they're Christian, profess Christianity, uh, how how can they possibly be genuine followers of Jesus? How can we be genuine followers of Jesus if we allow the kind of social inequality that there is in brazil to not only exist but to continue to exist in the way that it does
2: to continue talking in practical terms the difference that good discipleship or good leadership training has made in people's lives i'm wondering if you can think of any specific examples of students over the years or sorry or people you've been helping train or um yeah leaders that you've been helping train, um, who you feel like have been um, good examples of people who have grasped this need for discipleship or who have grown as disciples, and what difference has it made?
1: Yeah, I think I've been pleased to be able to give a contribution to um, helping shape and form some of our new emerging leaders within the diocese. Uh, Actually, I've taught outside of the Anglican circle too, and I've been able to have some influence in other church setups, which has been good. But starting with the Anglicans, I, I mean, I think of my good friend, Gustavo, who was a student of mine. It was a secular job as a lawyer and working sort of fighting for indigenous rights. Um, so I, I think he'd already got the right idea. But to be able to facilitate and bring in the gospel teaching and to help him along his way. And uh, I was a, sort of facilitating him getting to the to the US and to do his master's degree there. And then coming back to Brazil to take on a church and at the moment, he's just recently set up a, a center that works on sort of training young people who are unemployed to give them sort of skills-based training, vocational training, and that comes out of the church itself and is based in the, in, the, in the premises of the church. So to be able to have helped Gustave along his way, I mean I, we've actually worked closely together and, and recently wrote a chapter together in a in the Wiley Blackwell Communion um, companion, rather to the Anglican Communion. Um, so to to help somebody along sort of the academic path as well, and contribute to to uh, his formation. So he'd be, he'd be one example. Uh, my own bishop, Flavio, the suffragan bishop, was a student of mine as well. So to see how he's developed over time has been great, and um, it, it's it's amazing to see how um, what what the Lord does in people's lives and to see him develop from sort of. Students struggling to get his essays done to <laughs> this great parish priest who did a fantastic job, um, great preacher and sort of great pastor, and then to move on to become my own pastor and my my bishop has been has been great. So they would be two examples from within the Anglican setup. There are many more. I mean. Um, that I, most of my colleagues in the region that I've been working with, um, the, the clergy, most of them have been students of mine, so it's great to to be able to help them into ordained ministry and to see the kind of things they've gone on to do and think, well, I've had a hand in, in getting them ready and prepared for for that. Uh, beyond sort of the Anglican scene, I've had the privilege of supervising some master's dissertation students and sort of teaching on a master's programme, and I've been able to uh, help train um, some African guys that have come from Guinea-Bissau, on the west coast of Africa, and Augustus is one, and it's uh, uh, a joy to be able to think of, of him and how he's progressing, really, in Brazil. In the next year, he'll be returning to Guinea-Bissau, and he'll be a Bible teacher. So it's been a privilege to be able to train someone who will go on to train others in a different context, in a different continent. So. Uh, really grateful to God for giving me that opportunity. And in fact, there might be opportunities for me because Augustus is determined to have me out to the the Baptist Bible College there and to do some some sort of lecturing, uh, perhaps a week's worth of training for the staff there. So hopefully I can continue um, in some way, some small way, helping beyond immediate region, as it were.
2: Um, I forget how many people were in that group of um, African students who...
1: Over. Yeah, I think when, when we're talking the African students, they're, they're normally a handful, so sort of four or five students, but they're strategic students there, people that come to Brazil for training, theological training, and who will go back to occupy uh, important roles in their sort of church setups and within their nation as discipleship, um, di- uh, mentors and teachers and tutors and ministers. So I think one of the privileges of doing theological education is that we're, we're sowing in effect and we don't really see how far our work reaches, but we know that we're sort of in some small way getting to far flung places even um, through these people that we're helping to, to nurture and, and bring through the ranks.
2: Why do they um, come to Brazil? What's the link there?
1: Portuguese speaking, that would be the first thing, and the second thing is that the training in Brazil is better and the tutors and teachers are more qualified. So a nation like guinea so Angola and Mozambique would want to send their most promising students I think to Brazil to be trained in the Bible and in um, theological subjects so that they then may go back and be well equipped to train the next generations in their own countries and we're, we're seeing you know significant numbers of people coming to christ in some of these portuguese-speaking nations and that that's quite exciting for me to be involved in that training and i'm sure that we've learned an immense amount from them as well i mean i certainly have learned a lot from augustus in terms of his humility in terms of his dedication in terms of his uh service uh, and and really quite humbling to be working alongside these people
0: marcus thrope Let's pray for those continuing training programmes in the Diocese of Recife in Brazil and also for Marcus and his family as they look to returning and what God has for them when they do. Now to CMS's own training. In January, for mission, the Orientation and Preparation Programme for New CMS People in Mission, took an innovative step and held the first of its two weeks in a cross-cultural setting, with participants living among the community of Southall in West London and working with St John's Church there. Jeremy Woodham met two of the participants after a morning out on the streets of Southall, engaging people in conversation about Jesus through a community survey on behalf of the church.
3: Well, I'm Peter. I'm down in South France, so uh, I'm perhaps in a slightly different situation than many of them here. We, we went there about 12 years ago, so we planted a church and have sort of become involved with CMS who sort of recognised the ministry we were doing and I think really helped us to become sort of accepted into the um, diocese in Europe. So we work mostly amongst what we call a rather strange mission field which is a retired um, elderly expat community, perhaps most of them in their 70s and 80s. So uh, we take a lot of funerals but strangely through that um, we meet people and encounter them and uh, one of our groups 40% 40% of them are widowed.
4: I'm Charlotte. <laughs> um, I'm going to Nepal um, week on Wednesday. I'm staying in Kathmandu and I'm working in a school called KISK, which is the Kathmandu International Study Centre. And I'm working with special needs children out there. This guy came to our church and spoke about CMS and they sounded like a really cool organisation and uh, I wanted to have a gap year and I wanted to go abroad and so I thought that CMS seemed like a really good charity to go with and I think that coming on this training it showed me just how I was led here because I'm looking into ordination training and mission and evangelism is the one criteria that I have no experience of but I'm learning a lot on this training. And so I think it's preparing me for ordination. Hopefully. Yeah,
5: What's made you come over for formation?
3: I suppose to become more part of CMS. I'm, I'm um, a mission associate. Um, yeah, I was required to, to complete this, but it's been it's been a real, um, I suppose, both an eye opener and a blessing this this last week. Uh, as I said it's a slightly strange mission field down there in France, and it, it doesn't have the. Um, whether glamour is the right word, of, um, or the challenge, perhaps, is a better word, of, um, of many other places in the world. But, uh, but looking at the whole context of cross-cultural mission, it's, it's certainly, I'll go back with a very different um, view of um, what's going on in our own neighbourhood. We're in a small little market town, but nearly 20% of them are Muslim, so it's... I haven't really thought about that too deeply until now.
5: So what's been the highlight of the week
3: what's each of you well i think perhaps almost um well yesterday morning and and this morning really uh, you know actually being out there talking to people
5: what have so, you been do-
3: what what were those two mornings well we were we were um the men were asked to go into a Somali coffee house and um get involved in conversation certainly not um something that i would have perceived to be in my dna but it was, it was amazing. And, and this morning, perhaps even more challenging, get out there on the streets and um, and stop people and, and talk to them. But it's just amazing how open they have been. Not sure we'd get the same response in a village in Oxford, but um, perhaps that's a bit judgmental, but extremely welcoming and hospitable and, and willing to share what their faiths are and what their beliefs are and listen to you Charlotte, what's been your highlight?
4: Um, I think it was when we went to the different places of worship I really liked the Sikh Gurdwara Um, and I don't know anything really about other faiths and I really enjoyed learning about the Sikh faith and what they believe and that sort of thing.
5: What struck so, you particularly?
4: Um, the fact that they treat their scriptures like a person. And there's the, uh, when we went into the prayer hall, there was somebody wafting the book because they wanted to keep it cool. And it has its own bedroom and things. And so, I know, it's just amazing to see just, just how special their religion is to them.
5: What's been the most challenging
3: part? Well, definitely the most challenging part was, was going out there. I um I'd agree with um, Charlotte that it was a great both blessing and education to, um, to go into other places of worship. The negative, pretty full on. Um, I think on it's Friday now, we've been here since Monday evening, and the first evening was pretty full on as well. So I think yeah. we're beginning to feel a bit tired, and we have another week to go.
0: You'll be glad to know all at Four Missions survive the sometimes tiring schedule. Charlotte Spear arrives safely in Nepal, and Peter Massey is back in the south of France. Do pray for their ongoing mission. Working on behalf of Asia CMS in Pakistan is Amir Shazad. He says the church there had begun simply to see itself as a poor minority who couldn't do anything because of the oppression they face. In trying to encourage moves to be bold and reach out again, Amir says we need to make mission bite-size, and he told Jeremy Woodham
6: exactly what he meant. When we talk about mission in Pakistan, people have a certain mindset for mission. Uh, one thing is it it is taken as the denominations, that they're the Catholic denomination, this Church of Pakistan, or Anglican denomination. So, mission is. One side is taken as uh, a, a denomination. The other side of it is that for people who understand what mission is, they always think that uh, you need a lot of resources to do something big, which could be mission. So what we do is to train people uh, that uh, little things, uh, if uh, done in a loving way, could have a big impact. And, uh, and that's mission, actually. And that is what everyone can do with whatever resources God has given to them.
5: And the way you've done that is mm. through
6: uh, a partnership with CMS Africa? Yes, with uh, CMS Africa, Reverend Dennis Tongai has been uh, coming over to Pakistan. But before that, we three of us, we went to Africa to get, uh, get trained in uh, Samaritan strategy and uh, it was me, myself, and one lady from the Diocese of Hyderabad and a guy from Tier Fund. So three of us went there. So that's that's great.
5: You see people working together. That that makes me think people sometimes in this country say, why don't all you missions and agencies work together? Hmm. And hmm. actually, we are. Um, and that's, you're very much doing that. And I know you're... Your core group for this training in Pakistan has people from all sorts of agencies and institutions Mm. um, collaborating. Uh, We've mentioned the Samaritan strategy there. What's your sort of one-line take on what is the Samaritan strategy?
6: Samaritan strategy is a transformational uh, training that really helps people to think uh, the whole purpose of their existence as a Christian and what responsibility lies with them as a Christian towards those who are living around them.
5: Great. And
6: tell us really
5: um, briefly how it's rolled out in Pakistan so far.
6: We started with, uh, uh, when we came back from Kenya, we started with doing some training at three different locations, which was followed up by uh, Reverend Dennis Tongoy coming to Pakistan with another colleague from CMS Africa, And uh, we had two trainings, one with the Diocese of Hyderabad and one with the Diocese of Lahore, which was attended by both clergy and lay people from within uh, the diocesan structures. Then uh, we had, uh, in 2014, uh, we had a training of trainers for which uh, Reverend Dennis Tongoy came back again. And we had 14 people who were trained as facilitators. And uh, the criteria for those who attended the training of trainers was that people who have already attended uh samaritan strategy training and who have acted uh, practically by doing a seed project for themselves
5: okay and the seed project is that's the outcome of the so the initial
6: training yes, because most of the trainings is like you people come to get a training and then they just forget uh, but part of the Samaritan strategy trainings is that people plan for themselves as a participant of the training, that how they are going to apply this training uh, when they go back. And it has a certain criteria to follow that it should be done with the local resources. Uh, it should be one-time thing. It should be uh, outside the church.
5: There was a, an interesting case of a, a Hindu village with just... Yeah. one or two christian families that had been part of the training what did they do
6: and there was a group of youngsters and one of the young person he came from a village which is a hindu village it's only two christian families living there uh so he uh he they, they, they this village needed a school so he went to the uh, to his village and uh, Motivated one of the persons who was educated to take on as the role of a teacher to teach the children there. So they raised some money to build a hut and uh, motivated the parents to send their children to school uh, and to pay something towards as tuition fee as well. So it becomes a self-sustainable thing. Uh, so that is how the school is, is running. It's, uh, the, the parents have started paying the fees the teacher is teaching uh, like voluntarily get some some payment out of school fees, uh, but the whole idea was that this school with the building uh, hut building that has been uh, built by this group has really helped the whole village, which is like all Hindu people, and they uh, are really thankful to the Christian families that uh, they have they're providing the children with education.
5: And I think you're trying to form these the people that have been through some action strategy and indeed others into sort of ongoing communities uh, of practice in terms of doing mission together. Is that right?
6: We have been uh, training people for over a year now. So it's like at some places, the communities have uh, have become... uh, Um, more people in in the communities, somewhere there are just one or two people, so it's it's developing. But the whole idea is that how we can develop communities geographically which can be missional in their approach and thinking.
0: Pray for Amir and all those missional communities. There are more Samaritan strategy training sessions planned this coming year, and the fruit will be people doing seed actions and applying what they learn so they can be a blessing to their communities. Now wrapping up Audio Mission with her reflections this month is Naomi Rose Steinberg, CMS's Publications Manager.
2: Our strange mission field. Peter, who was interviewed at the CMS People in Mission training event, used this phrase a couple of times, and it made me think about strangeness, about perceptions, about expectations. I think often when we say a place or a person is strange, what we mean to say is that we feel strange in that place or near that person. I think Peter described his mission field as strange because he thinks that somehow we will find it strange or extraordinary because it perhaps isn't what some people picture when they think of mission. But we know God works in strange ways, or ways that appear strange just because we weren't expecting them. He can work through people doing street evangelism for the first time and feeling wary of the prospect. He can work in a Hindu village in Pakistan through a young Christian saying, hey, let's build a school together. He can bring students from Africa to Brazil for theological training. Isaiah 28.20 says, The Lord will rise up as he did at Mount Peretzim. He will rouse himself as in the Valley of Gibeon, to do his work, his strange work, and to perform his task, his alien task. Author Graham Greene once wrote, You can't conceive, my child, nor can I or anyone, the appalling strangeness of the mercy of God. Today, let's embrace strangeness and strangers and try to appreciate the strange mission fields all around us.
0: Naomi Rose Steinberg closing this month's audio mission. Join us in May for more news and perspectives from people in mission around the world.